Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, all things Cleveland sports, with your host, John Suchan. And good day and welcome to another edition of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. And if you are watching us on YouTube or the X, uh, you'll see that we have a special guest. We have Jeff Hartman of Fans First Sports Network, also the part of the Steel Curtain Network. And uh, Jeff has done a bazillion things for us here at the Fanatical Elves <laughs> Network, even though we are Browns fans. And uh, yeah. so we wanted to bring Jeff on uh, and talk all things about the big game coming up tomorrow on Sunday as the Browns host the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns lost to the Steelers the first time around. So we have lots of things to talk about because the Browns have a new quarterback. The uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into this with uh, Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. My, I've, I've been on way too many Cleveland podcasts this year, but it's great. I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I guess my first question is like, before we get into, you are a Steeler fan. Now, you you yes. don't you do or don't live in Pittsburgh? No, I do not. I live in Maryland. I live in Ravens Country. Ah, yeah. so tell us, tell me, because I forget. Like, how did you become a a, a Squealer fan? I mean, a Steeler <laughs> fan. I will first and foremost, I always tell people that I'm not just a Steelers fan. You know, you'll run into Steeler fans that they like the Steelers and then they like the Yankees and they like another team. You know, mm. I am a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, I like all three Pittsburgh sports. So Penguins, Pirates and Steelers. Yes, even mm. the Pirates. I do like the Pirates. They suck, but that's fine. I grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia. So my parents still live in Wheeling, West Virginia. And I, you know, you're, you're pinched in between Pennsylvania and Ohio. You know, you could either... It's amazing to me how that that area is definitely more Western PA than it is Ohio. Uh, Nonetheless, I I guess could have gone either way. But I think back to my childhood and you think about the 70s Steelers. No one was a Browns fan. I mean, everyone was Pittsburgh fans and everyone loved that. stuff. But honestly, I think a lot of it came down to that in northern the northern panhandle of West Virginia. We are in the viewing area for Pittsburgh uh, news we don't get ohio news really i mean outside mm. of wtov9 which i think mm-hmm. is based out of like steubenville we get mostly pittsburgh sports so you'd see all the steelers games and all the penguins games you would rarely see you know an indians game as an example or a right. Cavs game so you grew up watching the you, rooting for the teams you got to see all the time my dad's a diehard pittsburgh fan so i followed suit 
have uh, I, I'm assuming you've been to ball games of you know baseball games, football games in Pittsburgh. Have you? You've I have been. Yeah, back I, there. I, yeah. Haven't been in a long time. Uh, yeah. Grew up going to a ton of Pirates games at Three River mm. Stadium because they were yes. affordable. Uh, now I've been to PNC Park several times. Football games are just they're tough for me. Uh, you know, now that I have a family of my own with five yeah. kids. You know, trying to take first, I don't even know if I would want to take my kids to a game anymore. It just yeah. in general, just I don't yeah. know if I want them to the, the experience that they would have now. Like it's it's I don't know, but maybe it's just me. The drunken debauchery stuff is just a little yeah. worn out, and I don't know if I want my kids to necessarily be yeah exposed sure. to that. Yeah, I also like the fact that it point. wouldn't cost me a second mortgage to take them. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, I've, feel, I've been to games in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I feel that way. Paying for season tickets for the Browns, I started getting season tickets uh, in 2018, right before you know mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and all that came into yeah. town. So that was a good time because they still had season tickets. Now we're on a waiting. People are on a waiting list. But um, well, I'm you know Pittsburgh. I'll tell you, I, I you know don't tell anybody, don't tell any Browns fans right now. But I, I do like the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I've rolled through there. My dad was a graduate of Carnegie Mellon. Okay. over there in, in, in Pittsburgh and have been there. Actually, my son looked to go to the University of Pittsburgh uh, several years ago, but we, we we like traveling to the city. Now, I don't like your sports teams that much. I I, I, res- I respect the Pirates. I've been to, you know, the Pirates uh, baseball. Uh, I've had some friends who are real diehard Pirates fans in the past, so I, I, I respect your baseball ballpark. team. It's a beautiful ballpark. Oh, yes. ballpark. And, and yes. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is a great city. It is. Uh, it's very, it's it's I I feel like it's I, mean, I I only live about an hour out of Baltimore and Baltimore is like a hellhole compared yes. to Pittsburgh. I mean Pittsburgh I've, is I've relatively heard that. yeah no it is um <laughs> it's relative Pittsburgh's relatively clean um there's not like these it's crazy traffic the tunnels can get a little crazy at times but right it's it's a fun town they've got some really cool restaurants bars and things to mm-hmm. do everything is kind of within the the general vicinity because it's not a mega city so you know no. it, it's it's a it's a great town. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I honestly thought for a minute that my son would be going to college there. So, yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit after the break just about how you work with fans first, but we'll wait till after the break on that. I want to kind of dive into this Pittsburgh chat. Um, so the Browns. You know, I was on your show the other day. Thank you for uh, having me on that. No and problem. we were talking about behind enemy lines, and I was your enemy on that. Um, yeah, my enemy here. Um. I guess, you know, you had questions for me about the Browns quarterback room. I guess let's jump into that real quick. Um, you know, the Browns got just it was a shocking news at, on Wednesday when we all found out about the same time that Deshaun Watson was uh, out for the season with a broken bone in his yeah. shoulder. And uh, now the Browns are going to DTR not going back to PJ Walker. And you, I think you asked me about that. And I, you know, I've been thinking about it too, since that time and talked to other Browns fans and people on this um, podcasting platform. Um, You know, I don't know. Like right now, I guess I want to know, like from you um, as a, as a Steeler fan, are you, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you feel over the moon because you figure that we don't have Deshaun that you, feel pretty confident today that because we're going with DTR that the Steelers have the upper hand and, and what are your thoughts? Well, on DTR? My thoughts in the Steelers fan base are, are a little bit different. So when I, when I heard the news, I was like, wow, 
And I thought that, okay, this is an advantage for Pittsburgh based on the fact that Mm -hmm. even though Deshaun Watson has never beaten the Steelers and he's never really performed well against them, whether you're talking about in Houston Mm -hmm. or his time in Cleveland, right. That he still has the potential of having a big game more so than maybe a PJ Walker did or someone Mm -hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And but there's a lot of Steelers fans who are like, I don't know why we're celebrating this. I would rather see Deshaun Watson play because he's never beaten the Steelers and all that. I, I wasn't in that that camp. I think Deshaun yeah. Watson, especially coming off the win against Baltimore and the way he played in the second half, mm-hmm. he was starting to kind of figure things out. He's moving using his legs more. That yes. can be a dangerous recipe. I I was more shocked. Well, that that news was shocking. I was more shocked when I found out they were going to DTR and not PJ Walker. And I said this when you were on my mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. PJ Walker reminds me of a Tyler Huntley out in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very, very similar. They're experienced. They've been in a league. They've been a backup. They're used to coming in and playing in short stints if necessary, and they can win yeah. you games. Yeah. That's been proven this season with PJ Walker. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, they're going to go to PJ Walker. I-, I think this is still going to be a tough test for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they say, now they're going to Dorian Thompson Robinson. And they go, why are they doing that? <laughs> this is the question that I have is why would they make that move? And everyone says, well, no, they want to know what they have at six and three at six and three. You're trying to evaluate your quarterback in season. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And that's, well, I still feel yeah. that way to this, to, to one more example, example of what you just said in the rolling in the back of my mind was in 2014 with the Brownies. I don't know if you remember that season with the Browns, but that was when the Browns had Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel yeah. in the back of roll. And the Browns got off to a good start, similar to this, this campaign. And the front office and the coaches and stuff were, or whoever at the helm there was pushing to put Johnny in. And I think the Browns had a six and four record uh, when they inserted Johnny. And I think, I mean, the rest, I think that was the season that just things went sort of backwards and you had Brian Hoyer in there doing a pretty decent job. I think they got to maybe even seven and four and they just figured, let's put Johnny in and, I just so it, it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't make sense based on the fact that. So, let's say you do want to evaluate what you have in DTR, yeah, but you have a you have a defense that is elite in the NFL, and you're six and three. You just saw the Cincinnati Bengals lose their quarterback for the rest of the year, the Baltimore Ravens lost one of their best targets in Mark Andrews for the rest of the year. To me, this division is up for grabs, and mm. to say like. I guess I, I hate to say this, but to, it almost screams like, well, we're just going to wave the white flag and call it a call, call it a season and see how Don't we do say that too loudly. No, I'm not. I'm not. But it's, it's just from an organizational standpoint, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It, you play PJ Walker who can win you some games. And if things go south and they lose a bunch of games, then you go to DTR. It makes sense. I just don't get why they're doing it right now. Just And, and that's from an yeah. outsider's perspective. I'm not clued into the Browns or anything. Well, no, I think all of us, um, I mean, you're, points there are well taken i think what you said at the beginning is about dtr and the maybe the potential upside but you're you're playing you're risking you're playing with fire there you just Mm -hmm. you know you're six and three and you have this really good defense we can talk about that here a little bit more but yeah i'm i'm in your i i would rather go with pj walker i i I was surprised that they are going to dtr and like i said on your show now you're throwing him in there and so if he bails and does just crap again, like he did against Baltimore, everyone's saying, oh, well, now he's got a week of practice. Now he's got a w- week of prep. Well, I don't care. The kid was a fifth round draft pick out of yeah. UCLA. And yes, he was spectacular at the college level and did some things that remind you of Deshaun Watson, but he looked like crap against the Ravens. 
and they say, well, he only had a couple hours. You know, I true, he only had a couple hours, but they got rid of Josh Dobbs to keep this kid. So I think, I mean, I think I agree. They're, they're, they're playing a bit with fire. So, and he's got a banged um, up offensive line in front of him. You know, I mean, yeah. you think mm-hmm. about the players they're going to be missing. Dewan Jones is going to be coming back. Big guy okay. from, from Ohio state will be there. Um, let me ask you, let's just talk a little bit more about your Steelers. There's sure. they're six and three. Mm-hmm. Um, the talk here in Cleveland and very outside of being a Steeler fan is, how the hell did the Steelers get to six and three? And I've watched your timeline for months and your comments on social media and first fans first and all this to steal credit. And it's like, you guys are a little bit surprised too, because all Absolutely. my Steeler fans are like, we don't have an offense and stuff. And yet they're winning all these games at the end sometimes. And they're six and three. How are they doing that? How good is this Steeler team? Are they really six and three? Well, yeah, somehow, some way. That's what people say. Like, oh, the Steelers are six and three. And I say, yes, somehow. I'm not sure really how, but how they did it and how they've gone about their business has slowly changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. The one thing that has been a constant with the Steelers throughout the entire nine games has been a defense that makes big plays. Mm -hmm. So go back to week two, Monday Night Football, Cleveland Mm -hmm. and Pittsburgh. What happens? Two defensive scores end Mm -hmm. up being the difference. Mm-hmm. Go back to last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go two weeks ago. Thursday night football, mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans at Pittsburgh. The, the defense right. is letting them back, letting them back. Ben, don't break. But what happens? Quan Alexander, mm-hmm. game-clinching interception at the goal line. Go back to mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Here comes Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Two key turnovers when it matters the most. That has been the calling yeah. card of the Steelers. Mm-hmm. This defense is not statistically elite, except mm-hmm. in one category. Mm-hmm. The differential, they are plus 10 in differential. They've taken the ball away 18 times this year. They are, yes. I think, tied for first in the NFL with that differential. And it's that's what they've done. It That's how they've done it. They, that has kept their offense, which has been absolutely stagnant at times. Difficult to watch, borderline mm-hmm. boring. It's kept them in games <laughs> because it's given them short fields. Sometimes it's equated in points. It has mm-hmm. kept them afloat. Now, the offense is starting to show signs of life. Last two weeks, they've gotten better. They've scored opening drive touchdowns. They've been moving the ball better. 205 mm. yards rushing last week against Green mm. Bay. So the running okay. game starting to come alive. Okay. It's starting to even itself out. But so, the calling card for yeah. this defense, this team, has been taking the football away. And, you know, with the Browns, if you want to look at their season, I mean, they are 63 as well, but they, they have str- part of their struggle had been the, the turnover ratio. Um, they've been pretty much negative. Um, they were, I think, um, they had already created or they have already turned the ball over themselves. I don't know when I checked last checked, it was like 18 or 17 times. It was like a week or two ago. And they did that in their playoff run. And back in 2020, that's all they did the entire season. So they, they've really um, gotten better over the last couple of weeks of not turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, that's anyway. Um, the, your, so we talked about the, your run game, the 205 yards, and then mm-hmm. I, I guess I want to know a little bit about that with uh, Najee Harris. Is he starting, or I'm hearing there's this other kid. I don't know. Jalen like, Warren, like a, yeah. Yeah. The, the Steelers, which is this is very un-Mike Tomlin-like. You know, Mike Tomlin's been here since 2007, and ever since yes. he's been here, it has been a one-back system. He wants a bell cow back that's mm-hmm. going to run the ball, and they're going to yeah. be the three-down back. Think back to Le'Veon Bell. They did not sub him out hardly at all. Mm-hmm. This year – He's in last year, it was slowly coming around this year in the last two weeks, which they rushed for 160 plus yards against mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. So the 
back-to-back good performances for the Steelers in the run game. Mm. Uh, they've been more of split carries with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. And that's what mm. they need to do, in my opinion, based mm. on the fact that they're so different in style. Najee Harris is a big bruising back, mm. 230 pounds, put him between the tackles, sometimes two, three yards in a cloud of dust, so be it. Mm. Jalen Warren is that spark plug. He's yeah. the guy that he reminds me of an Austin Eckler. Uh, mm-hmm. Good with catching the ball in the backfield. They utilize him in that regard as well. Give him a little bit of a seam, and he can mm-hmm. break for a big game. Mm-hmm. So that's they're leaning more on using both of them equally. I want to say last week, Najee Harris had 16 carries to Jalen Warren's 15. It's pretty much 50-50. Mm-hmm. So right. that's, that's the way it's trending, and it's been successful. So I hope they okay. keep that up. Kenny Pickett, your quarterback. Right. You're, you're, are you in love with Kenny Pickett? Is he the franchise guy moving forward? Is he just a band-aid to find the next guy? How good is Kenny Pickett in your, in your eyes? Well, he's taken a step back. We'll put it that way. Uh, everyone had, everyone had a lot of high hopes for him after his rookie season and the way that they finished the year. People Mm. forget they started two and six last season and rallied won seven out of nine four in a row to finish last year. So he was, he finished the season winning a lot, winning a lot of football games. He still is winning a lot of games. He's just not playing at a, at a level where a lot of people would look at him and say, all right, we got our guy. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of questions about him being the future franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the organization has stood behind him the whole time. The mm-hmm. organization spent a first-round draft pick on him in 2022. They're not going to yeah. turn their back on him. But yeah. no, there's been a lot of things with Kenny Pickett this year that fans have been very soured on. A lot of people- It's funny. Were, yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, they're not because you're two not and six. You start the year last year two and six. This year you're six and three. And, you know, people twenty years from now are going to look back at records and say, "Well, you know, exactly." Kenny Pickett had a good good season the second year too. But even though we're talking negatively about him, or other fans are, um, it, it's exhausting though. And I'm sure you've yeah. experienced this in your time, whether it's with Baker Mayfield or even back with Johnny Manziel, when there's a there's a collective of fans that think this guy is the guy, and mm-hmm. there's a of fans that think this guy is not the guy and so anytime i open up my twitter app or go to instagram or facebook Mm -hmm. our page it is nothing but people complaining and arguing it's exhausting so i've taken the stance of i just want to see how it plays out you know i hope he plays better because he Mm -hmm. threw for 160 yards last week like that's not going to cut it in the nfl in 2023 yeah but at the same time he's doing a lot of good things Mm-hmm. Finished the games well. Fourth quarter, mm-hmm. Kenny is what we call him because he has, I think, uh-huh. 13 game-winning drives. Yeah. Uh, just incredible remarks. He he wins a lot of football games, has not turned it over in a long yeah. time. But then there's some throws that he makes that you're just like, gosh, like that's a high school throw. Mm-hmm. Like, how is he not completing those <laughs> passes? That's a high school-level throw. So there are a lot of question marks still surrounding Kenny. Okay. Let's take a quick break here. We are the Fanatical Elves Network, and this is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. We have our guest is Jeff Hartman of the Steel uh, Curtain Network, part of uh, Fans First as well. Uh, we'll be right back and talk more about the the game itself, predictions, uh, keys to the game, and that Browns defense and what what you think about it. So we'll be right back. All right, we are back here on the Johnny Cleveland podcast, part of Fans First Sports Network, and we're here with Jeff Hartman, uh, part of the Steel Curtain Network and also uh, Fans First Sports Network. I just wanted to, again, point out to people that are watching this or listening to it that Jeff and his crew um, have done an amazing job of putting this Fans First Sports Network together, and um, we got contacted back, or I did, back in, what, last March? Um, and to kind of help, uh, 
because this group used to be part of SB Nation um, through Fox, and then it, they kind of you recirculated some of the new podcasting, and uh, we're one of the affiliates, mm-hmm. uh, our fan- fanatical elves. And I know that you've got groups. I mean, all most NFL teams and uh, the major leagues. Hockey, mm-hmm. uh, you want to just talk a little bit about what you, your role is with the fans first? Yeah, sure. Uh, my, I just told you pretty good on the air. I, I hate titles, uh, but I guess my <laughs> title is the, the network director. So I'm the one that kind of oversees everything from the, the website, fansforsports.com. I'm the one that's going to make sure that we have content flowing on that regard. I also mm-hmm. oversee a lot of our podcast stuff and, and making sure that recruitment's going well and that mm-hmm. we're doing things and managing that side of things uh, mm-hmm. as well. In the NFL scheme, we're really happy. We have almost filled out all 32 NFL teams. I believe we're mm-hmm. two shy. So okay. that's pretty good. 30 out of 32 teams represented. We're still working hard on filling out those two. Uh, those Which ones are they? I want to say we're missing Buffalo and Seattle. Might be really? the last okay. two. Yeah, Buffalo and okay. Seattle. Buffalo, we got to get some Buffalo fans, man. You would they're, think. They're, you would think, right? They are diehards. They are. They are absolutely. So we're we're looking. We're working hard there. But uh, the the network's growing rapidly. We are definitely mm-hmm. a a company that is based around our podcast network. We have over 120 feeds now, from mm. spanning from professional wrestling all the way to Major League Baseball and the Big Four. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours a week, but it's. Uh, Hey, I love it. I love my job. So I can't appreciate your support. I, I always say, you know, we talk about you guys a lot, even though we, you are Pittsburgh uh, fans and, and kind of <laughs> helped with this, but um, we've really grown because of some of your recommendations and suggestions. And we, I've got uh, four or five guys that are routinely doing podcasts. We've got about, I don't know, like eight or nine shows on a weekly basis here. That's Not great. quite as many as the steel curtain, but we have been growing yeah. our downloads. And um, so we just really appreciate all of your help. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about this game. So what do you, what do Steeler fans think of the Browns defense? Let's just talk a little bit about that Browns defense. Are you, are you as a Steeler fan or the, is there are Steeler fans in general? Are they nervous about going against this Browns defense or do they respect them? What's oh, yeah. your take on that? They, they absolutely respect the defense. You, there's no way you can't, you know, Steeler fans love to have the miles Garrett versus TJ Watt debate. Uh-huh. And, but ultimately they definitely do respect the Browns defense. They definitely yeah. do view it as a formidable foe. And, it, and that's why you look at the books, the odds right now, they're not super scared. Yeah, what are the Steelers odds right favorite. now? What is it like? Uh, plus- last I saw was the Pittsburgh's getting a point. So oh, okay. A plus one. So that's definitely changed. Uh, originally, the opening line was, I think, three, your standard home field advantage. Right. Now it's skewed its way back one. down to one. Okay. So, and that's probably because of Cleveland's defense. And then we look at the total at 33 points. I've seen a book as low as 32 and a half. Well, I think uh, I gave you my prediction of 16 to 10, and you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my prediction was 17 13. Okay. Steelers. But, yeah. but it's still a, a that's a, that's the under so yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we're right. thinking here so we're both yeah. seeing a, a very similar game and the way it plays out but no they definitely do respect Cleveland's defense there's no way you can't yes you could have your black and gold glasses on and say oh they suck because they're the Browns but if you actually watch the games you know that's a really good defense from top to bottom and Jim Schwartz is a great yeah. coordinator TJ Watt and Miles Garrett I heard you talk in your show uh recently you know why can't we just not compare these two guys. Everyone's wanting mm-hmm. to compare these two guys. And can, can we just not, not do that? Just appreciate what they both have. What do you like about miles Garrett? 
the dude's a freak of nature. I mean, the, the yeah. people that are people that are that large as a, as a human being are not <laughs> supposed to be able to move and do those type of things. Like it's just, it's just not supposed to happen. I'll still never forget uh pre-draft. He was doing mm. a showcase uh in, in college and he was holding, I want to say they were 60 pound dumbbells in each hand doing box jumps. Now as a personal really? trainer, myself, a former personal trainer, I don't really do it anymore. Uh, it, some people can't do a box jump by themselves with their body weight. And here he is right. doing like a three and a half foot box jump, holding 60 pound <laughs> dumbbells. And I looked at them like, this guy is a freak. And yes. he is, I mean, he is a freak of nature and TJ Watt and, and miles Garrett, everyone wants to compare them. They're mm -hmm. so different. They are mm -hmm. so, so mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Uh, TJ Watt is a game record, but the way he goes about his business is totally different than Miles Garrett. TJ, why I always say he plays like a seventh round pick trying to make the team. Like he out hustles everyone. Well, and Miles Garrett is a hustler, but he also is more of a power guy. Like he has one of power the, off the end. Yeah. One of the things we've been talking about here in Cleveland this last week, and there were some quotes from the Browns uh, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, that he talked about that last series that the Browns defense went up against the Ravens. They, I think the Ravens got a first down, but then it stalled. And he just, the Schwartz just described how it just all seemed to gel watching from the sideline as their coach, that everyone was really in tune. And even to the point where a player like Miles Garrett um, is, is sprinting to the sideline to get Lamar and sliding out of bounds and throwing himself, which yeah. you don't normally typically see Miles always do that. You know, he, but Miles is having a hell of a season because I think he's really enjoying the game of football. I think he's been playing so long and everyone's been relying on him for so many years in Cleveland that now he actually has other pieces, other players, Shelby Harris, Delvin Tomlinson, these guys in the, in, in, on the interior that have made his job, uh, Zadarius Smith, um, that are just making things a little bit more, more, more entertaining. So I'm, We'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. I mean, if the Browns can continue to win, um, that's going to be really it's it's nice to have a Miles Garrett. Obviously, you <laughs> like guys like to have TJ Watt. So, yeah, um, for sure. So, keys to the game tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, you uh, I, you're picking the Steelers. I'm picking the Browns. That's if, correct. Why? What are your keys? What do the Steelers have to do to beat the Browns tomorrow? The game is in Cleveland. The temperatures, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be right around 45, 50. Uh, pretty nice weather. Good. Uh, not, a, not a lot of wind. Um, so what are your keys, you think? Steelers got to keep doing what they've been doing. Take the ball away. Like you, that, That's mm -hmm. what it comes down to. I think if, if they can turn over DTR. So mm -hmm. to do that, they have to, they have to stop the run. You know, that's number one. Like if they can stop the run and force the game into Dorian Thompson Robinson's hands. And there's also a facet mm -hmm. of that where if the offense can get out to a hot start, like they have the mm -hmm. last two games, Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski might feel like they have to throw it to get back in. Mm -hmm. And so I, I said on our Steelers preview podcast with Dave Schofield and Brian Davis this past week, where if they could force DTR to throw it more than 20 times, I think it's a win for Pittsburgh. But if, if okay. Cleveland can run the ball well enough to keep his attempts really low, uh -huh. they have a good chance of winning. The, Cleveland has a good chance of winning the game because I think their defense against Pittsburgh's offense is advantage Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're all relying as Browns fans on that defense. Um, yeah. And, 
we're just holding our, our bated breath tomorrow. That's part of the problem. That's part of where we're, we talked earlier. You know, they're throwing this DTR kid out there again. And as an older fan who's been watching this team over the years, I just, I'm, I'm nervous about that part of it. And uh, it's like sitting at both these teams sitting at six and three. It's a big game for both. So where do you, um, you, you mentioned a few other factors in this AFC North. Um, do you, where do you think, see things? Do, will there be any shifts? Where do you think Pittsburgh, the Browns are going? Do you think um, we're all going to be right there at the end uh, with all this news of, you know, Joe Burrow going out, like you talked about Andrews uh, going out for Baltimore. How do how do you think it's all going to shake out? Well, I don't think Cleveland's going anywhere, even regardless of how this game plays out on Sunday. They just they have a very favorable schedule to finish up the season. True. I, mean, I, I looked at that earlier today. Actually, I saw something mm-hmm. on Twitter and it said, "Man, like that, a really favorable schedule." Pittsburgh too yeah. has a very favorable schedule. When you throw in the fact they have to play the Bengals twice and they're not going to face Joe Burrow once, mm-hmm. that changes things as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk about the only other game against Baltimore is the Week 18 game in Baltimore. That game could technically be meaningless. Me, if for instance, if, yeah. if the Ravens have the division locked up by then, I think that the top three teams, as you see it right now, mm-hmm. are going to be vying for playoff spots. Mm-hmm. The question is, is how does it shake out? So mm-hmm. you have a lot to figure out still. And you don't see the Bengals being there. I mean, there with everything that's yeah. No, yeah. not anymore. I, I they were getting hot there for a minute, you know, a hot minute. They were they absolutely. Were, they they yeah. won four. But then you lose two back to back, and then you lose Joe Burrow for the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't think the Browning kid is the guy that's going to somehow resurrect that team. Before we leave today, what are your impressions? I just curious. You know, Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach. I call him Steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, we're in year four. Do you do you like him in Cleveland? Do you think that he's a good uh, coach for the team? I mean, because we look at you guys in Pittsburgh and, you know, Mike Tomlin, like you said, has been there since 2007. And we talk about continuity and consistency. I, the more that Kevin stays, I like it, but what are, what's your take on Kevin? Do you, yeah, I like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's good for the pro. I think he's good for the Browns and he's still, there are times where I've, I've watched these games between Pittsburgh and Cleveland and I shake my head like, why in the heck are they doing that? I'll never forget a game back when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were together and they were a very viable tandem Mm -hmm. and they were running the ball down Pittsburgh's throats. I mean, they were getting like four yards of carry. And then in the second half, Stefanski comes out like, we're going to throw it. (laughs) And so what happens? They start turning. I wish Uh, I knew. I feel like it's happened on more than one occasion. It was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? It was in Pittsburgh and Baker Mayfield started throwing the, throwing the ball to the wrong team. And here comes Pittsburgh and they come back and they end up winning the game. And I said, the MVP goes to Kevin Stefanski for not just continuing (laughs) to do what's doing well. He's running the football. Well, and that's been a topic. I think a lot of fans are coming around to Kevin because I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I would say this, that over the last several weeks, watching the Browns play with Stefanski, more people than not are, are coming around to him because he's not doing some of what you just said he did a couple years ago, that it seems to, to us, at least as fans, um, how he's managing this, this, this team is better. He has a reliable place kicker now in Dustin Hopkins. So he knows, Mm -hmm. you know, he can line up and the field goals more than likely going to go in. The fact that he missed the extra point, you know, was, you know, typical Browns fashion, like, Oh crap, here we go. We're going to lose by a point. But, <laughs> but even on that drive, you know, in the last, there's been several uh, offensive 
possessions for the team, the, for the Browns, where he is still running the ball um, in, in, in close games. Um, he's the Browns running an attack is getting, it's, it's solid. Jerome Ford had a really good game uh, last week. Seems to be coming around and then uh, Kareem's been scoring touchdowns, but um, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, early on, I, I mean, Stavansky still does some really stuff that's going, huh? But uh, he's not been going for it as much on fourth downs. Um, it seemed like he was doing a lot more of those things. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Everyone will be um, very attuned to every play call. <laughs> that's Absolutely. the thing about Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland fans. What do you like most about this rivalry? Do you consider it a rivalry as a Pittsburgh fan? You probably don't anymore. But <laughs> – no, I, I do. I do uh, ever since ever since the 2020 playoff loss to Cleveland in it mm-hmm. at uh Heinz Field at the time. Um yeah, it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry. And and it's a mm-hmm. game where I I'd, weird stuff happens in these games. I'll go back to mm-hmm. 2020. That's here. It, what year was it now? It's 2021. Ben Roethlisberger's last year when Chris Boswell gets a concussion and is knocked out of the game in Cleveland. Pittsburgh can't kick an extra point. And oh my god! They end up having to go for it every year. Like weird stuff happens in oh, these that's Cleveland right. Pittsburgh games. Yeah, so, we had the tie back in 2018 yeah. before they actually the Browns got their first win. That's and that right. Rainy, that's uh, right. Yeah. Antonio yeah. Brown once karate kicked your punter in the face. I mean, weird stuff happens uh-huh. in these games. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, it's it's just one of those series where i do think it's a rivalry i think Steeler fans a lot of them especially mm-hmm. the older ones uh, definitely appreciate it more i mm-hmm. lean more towards the ravens as the Steelers' biggest rival but right. you know, someone like someone like my father who is yeah. 68 years old it's cleveland like it's yeah. cleveland cleveland is the team that the Steelers right. have to beat, and because right. when he grew up and yeah. he was watching the That's heyday how, of the Steelers, yeah it was the it was the browns that was the team yeah it's an interesting conversation because you know i'm in that that department too i consider Pittsburgh to be the biggest rivalry, but the Ravens now, I mean, that's just hate. Like, I mean, we, yeah. we, 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 we hate Pittsburgh, but we respect your team a little bit better than the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens are just such a, they just do so many things wrong. I think like they're a dirty team. I think watching them play week in week out, I think their, their players do things that are, I mean, in the game against Baltimore last week with the Browns queen comes up, Patrick queen. I mean, takes that late in that game. He comes across, Deshaun's neck and helmet. He didn't have to tackle him like that. He went high purposefully, um, and then dragging the, uh, the the legs and feet back from the guys that are when they go into those tackles and they and they they collapse into the pile. Ravens players are I've seen more than one that are like they're they're pulling back at the guys' ankles and and legs. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like dirty anyway, birds, man. Dirty birds. They are. Um, <laughs> Jeff final, th- uh, just if people want to reach you, uh, you know, I don't want to really promote the Pittsburgh stuff, but you know, um, no, where can they find you? I know you're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell people about your, uh, where we can find you. And I know you do some writing too. Yeah. Do a lot of stuff. I, I'm doing a lot of stuff. So you can find, if you want to get, uh, the Pittsburgh perspective on the upcoming game, you can go to our website, steelcurtainnetwork.com, which is a branch of fans mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to hear my podcast, it's called the let's ride podcast, which John mm-hmm. was kind enough to join me on Friday. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by just search Steelers. And we'll be, I think the, the one of the top three or yep. four podcast yep. networks there. So you click on that, you'll get a bunch of content there. Uh, and you could want to follow me on Twitter. I don't know why you would, but if you do, uh, at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T, 
I tweet a lot. I love Twitter. It's my favorite platform. So uh, yeah, you can check me out. Yeah. I mean, we've been trying to post a few pictures there and here and there trying to interact with our fans and yeah. been getting a little, a, a little activity here this last week. So <laughs> thanks for that recommendation, Jeff. No problem. Got to use um, it. Thanks again for being part of our show here on the Johnny Cleveland podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. And uh, I hope that we beat you tomorrow and uh, you'll be crying, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Deb. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to your son. Oh, thank and, you very uh, much. I hope you have a re- great rest of your weekend. And uh, thanks again. And everybody no take care. This And I always finish the show by reminding people to, that's right, keep smiling. Take care. Thank you.